This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go. Topics worthy of discussion. It's that time every weekday afternoon at this point in the program. We get into topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in studio, Michael Diamond, campaign strategist and political commentator with Upstream Strategy Group. How's Michael? It is a great day for talk radio, John. You know it, sir. Peter Sherman, broadcaster, businessman, and former conservative MPP. How's Peter? I am great. You know, I was missing on Monday and Tuesday. I just realized I was missing the bell. Is that what it was? <laughs> that's what it was. Just the bell, huh? Okay. It's <laughs> missing you, too, John. All right. Oh, that's better. Uh, it completes the picture because uh, one doesn't go uh, without the other. And Peter Tabbins rounding out the panel, the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth, and their energy and climate change critic. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. Good to see you. Likewise, as the climate change critic, this is in your wheelhouse. We Try me. All right. Well, here's a prime minister. He goes down to Florida for a vacation. This is on, I think it was Sunday night. Yep. Then he decides, well, he's got to be back in Ottawa Monday, or it was Saturday, so he's got to be back Monday for meetings in Ottawa. So he has a private jet flying back. He meets with Morneau and all the other mucky mucks, and then jets back on Tuesday down to Florida. I mean, 4,200 kilometers, and where they say that uh, an hour of flying time on this private jet is over 1,300 liters of jet fuel. Yeah, I saw that number. That's a real, well, you should know this off the back of your hand because, I mean, you're the climate change critic. The I don't know the footprint. fuel ratios on every jet, John. All right, but the, <laughs> the, the carbon footprint that the guy uh, was responsible for emitting here, and he has the temerity to suggest we're all going to pay through the nose come April 1. I mean, should he have been using a private jet in that sense? Well, frankly, I think he should have driven over to the Laurentians in an electric vehicle. Wow. The guy's a phony. He's a hypocrite. <laughs> He, he, ta- he talks about climate change all the time, but frankly, he took Stephen Harper's climate targets, which was an outrageously weak plan, which he denounced in the last election. Uh, he shouldn't be flying to Florida for a holiday. He should be going to the Laurentians. It's beautiful. Uh, well, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, they're one of my I favorite think stops. Too. In the uh, wintertime, I love the, it when I've been there. The skiing, yeah. yeah I mean, it, okay, so uh, there's part of that as a problem, but using a private jet, I mean, some have likened him to the CEO of a corporation. But, I mean, having to square this, it looks hypocritical, just like those people who go to Davos and fly in with their private jets and then preach to the rest of us, you know, the Matt Damons and the George Clooney's and stuff. Michael Diamond, how do you see it? So it- you're, you're putting me in a really uncomfortable spot here because I'm going to defend the Prime Minister on this. I, I, I'm no. glad. I'm, I'm, I'm frankly glad that the Prime Minister and his family got to take a vacation to Florida. I, I love doing that myself. What concerns me, though, is, uh, to your point, because of the reckless policies he's going under, many families won't be able to afford uh, that vacation in Florida because he is making life less affordable. But yes, the Prime Minister of Canada should vacation with his family, and yes, the Prime Minister of Canada should be flying on a private jet. Okay, you know, I'm not making you uncomfortable because I was kind of bewildered myself uh, because I'm trying to weigh the two in the equation, and I would say, Peter Sherman, I'm curious how you feel, but I thought, you know, the CEO of a company uses a private jet. We don't begrudge them that. He is the Prime Minister, after all. Is there a problem here? Well, the short answer is no. There's no problem, and I agree with Michael. And and I, you know, Tabin stands alone. I've said, well, I've said a million times. The only one who's trying to fight the climate fight. The only one who's willing to accuse the prime minister of hypocrisy in a roundtable full of Tories. I am amazed. Not true. I was about to do that. Oh, Peter, I'm sorry I preempted you. Well, no, this is the do as I say, not as I do, prime minister. Oh, yeah. I have no problem with 
Harper used to do it. I have no problem with prime ministers having special treatment because they're prime ministers. There's communications gear in there that keeps them in touch. Maybe he does have to have meetings with people who otherwise couldn't be in touch with them. I've got no problem with that. What I've got a big problem with is a guy who blathers at me about how I have to have a particular respect for women such that, qualified or not, we need a 50-50 cabinet back in 2015. <laughs> and that, that, so we've got that, <laughs> and then we've got a guy who uh, d- does the same thing with uh, climate change. So we've got uh, an airplane that puts out that much crap. Okay, that's that's dealing with uh, a single family. So we've got that, and then we've got uh, the whole Jody Wilson Raybould thing. We're going to take special care of indigenous people, and that goes out the window when it hurts Trudeau as well. So that's the do as I say, not as I do, Prime Minister. All right. Uh, so you don't begrudge him the fact that he's uh, burning up all this jet fuel and everything like that. Uh, no, I don't begrudge him no. that, but, but I agree but with Tabbins. He's an yeah, idiot. I do. Well, I was going to say he's an idiot. Yeah, that too. But he's uh, he's a hypocrite. Look, I think we can all agree that next year it would be great if the Prime Minister and his family. We're able to spend much, 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 much more time in Florida oh, and yeah. get reacquainted after their four-year stint <laughs> in the, the former prime minister. Well, there you are. Uh, that's optimism. I, as long as he drives down. Drives down? Oh, uh, I will I will pay for the first tank of gas. Will you? Okay. <laughs> I think we can get a GoFundMe page together on that one readily. How about flying, though? I mean, when we've got these Boeing 737 MAX 8 and 9s now being grounded almost, yeah. you know, throughout the free world and wherever they fly... Here's the thing. I mean, Boeing's obviously impacted. Their share price has taken a bit of a hit, uh, plunging faster than the nose with this faulty software, it seems to be. Uh, Once the all-clear is given, though, and we don't know how long that might be, and this is really, again, uh, something that's speculative because the longer it goes, harder it's going to be to remediate the issue, I guess, brand-wise or so on. But Tabins, I mean, if they say the all-clear is given now, we fixed the problem, you're going to be confident flying that plane? I will, John. In the end, Transport Canada is a pretty responsible organization. We rely on them to assess what we need for air safety. Uh, If they've done a thorough study and conclude that, yes, the problems that were identified have been corrected, then, yeah, I would be comfortable. How about you, Sherman? I'm uh, absolutely comfortable, and uh, I can tell you that when that thing is allowed to fly again, it'll probably be the safest plane ever manufactured because they're not going to let it go near the air with passengers in it unless it's 100%, 1,000% certified. Okay, well, we might have learned something from the Lion Air uh, disaster six months previous, but Michael, you weigh in. Oh, yeah, I'd be absolutely confident in uh, traveling on this once it's uh, given the green light. What what, uh, Transport Canada has recently done, though, which concerns me more as a member of the traveling public, is uh, made some regulatory changes that will uh, make it necessary for some of the smaller airlines to hire pilots with less flight experience. That's more concerning to me than this. So I think uh, that's a sleeper story, and that was a big mistake by Mark Garneau. All right. Uh, I wanted to pivot to other matters. You know, this whole thing with the uh, college and university degrees, when it comes to these parents trying to buy access or get their kids accredited through fallacious means and, uh, you know, even having doppelgangers come in and write the exams and so on and so forth. You know, it's really raised the specter to me if these kids get in and uh, the standards that they have to meet, certainly if they're in, they're not getting into med school or engineering or any of these professions because the requirements are higher. So if they do get in, chances are it's probably in the humanities or some kind of arts course. 
And even if they pass those, it really does lead the, to the question, I mean, what's the degree worth in the end if these people can get in? Am I wrong about that, Michael Dyer? Yeah, these schools definitely uh, run the risk of uh, cheapening their, their own, the product that they offer, which is uh, highly coveted. But this is an old, 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 old story. You know, I remember a Simpsons episode from probably 20 years ago, <laughs> and Ronnie Dangerfield was playing Mr. Burns' son, and Mr. Burns was going to buy Yale a uh, international airport to get him in. So this has been going along for, uh, around for a long, long time. Right. It's good that you cite a credible source like the Simpsons <laughs> and Rodney Dangerfield as Mr. Burns' son. Okay, Tabin, so on the uh, matter, though, of the worthiness of the, the degree, a lot of these places are just diploma mills to begin with. This is sort of, it's outed them in that regard, hasn't it? Well, I wouldn't say that prestigious universities in North America are just diploma mills. Trump University, another matter. But Harvard, <laughs> Yale, Georgetown, they do have credibility. I, I think the problem here is it's pretty obvious that there there's a two-track system in the world if you're filthy rich you can buy your way in and rodney dangerfield and the simpsons cited as an outstanding source you're right uh late night comedians were saying why didn't they do it the old-fashioned way just buy a library for the university and get their kids in i think that's part of the reason that the the electorate is so angry these days they know there's a a two-class system if you got a lot of money you can get what you want and if you don't well then tough yeah, but life is a lot has harder been, peter always has been always will be this is the double we have double-tiered medicare in in the province of ontario and and you and i and and mr oakley and mr diamond all know that and it hasn't got to do with buying your way and it has to do with who you know and if you go into the university realm i i think that uh, the discussion about the cheapening of degrees is one kind of discussion but i would be willing to bet that the board of governors of those universities aside from trying to get um you know, strong arm the uh, the alumnus uh or the alumni to uh, to give money uh we're not aware that that there were bribery schemes going on with sports coaches and, and proctors going one-to-one and feeding the answers to uh, rich kids, you know, rich, rich people's kids. That's, they're two different things. So I, I don't think you're cheapening the degree in terms of how the university operates. I think you're cheap, cheapening it by having people who are capable of doing this. And I'm going to make a, a kind of a, a statement that maybe will put me offside. If I could help my son or my daughter get into a university without cheating, without cheating in the sense of feeding answers to an exam or uh, faking uh, sports ability, I would, as say an alumnus, I am the alumnus of a university, I would pay money if I had it to help things along and grease the skids. Well, and this leads to the bigger question of, you know, uh, grease does get things done. Uh, You can see it in, say, sales transactions, you know, networking, Sometimes you'll grease a palm to get a nicer table in a restaurant. Is it all part of the same spectrum? Same idea going on? Look, we're, we're moving there. I mean, you can even see that it's in uh, transportation networks here in Toronto with uh, surge pricing on some. You know, money does buy access to certain things, and uh, uh, be it be it a faster uh, pickup in your uh, rideshare or a better spot in university or a preferential treatment on a surgery in the United States uh, uh, or a better seat on an airplane where you might crash first. Uh, you, you, money gets you stuff. Well, money does get you stuff, and I again I go back to my thinking. Um, that as this society becomes more and more divided, as the the wealthy get a lot wealthier and everyone else has a much tougher time. Uh, And Peter Sherman was right. This has been around for a long time. I just think it's an awful lot sharper now than it was in the past, which is why you get very angry electorates. Uh, I'm going out talking to my voters all the time. I'm on a regular basis. I was out talking to people last night. 
people feel that they are getting the shaft and they feel that people who have all kinds of money at their disposal and because they have that money they have the connections peter sherman that you were talking about it's true they, they get a much better deal my dad was an auto mechanic he didn't have any connections with any heads of any yeah but he was white that was white privilege you know what john Class and race both have problems. Class and race both have problems. Just because you, you're white doesn't mean you're thank on top you. of the heat. Thank you. There but, you go. Black, I knew you I could tough, drag it out of him. But I knew. if you're black, you have a tougher uh-huh. goal. Well, how There's about no Mr. Sadu? Mr. Sadu out there on the West Coast paid $100,000 a copy for his two kids to have somebody write their exam and get them into a prestigious school. Yeah, no, school. he was going with wealth privilege. That well, man. there you go. Wealth privilege trumps white privilege, doesn't it? But that's it? cheating. Uh, that's I'm not cheating. sure it does. There's, okay. a difference between, there's a difference between cheating uh, and uh, using the resources that you have at your disposal. Uh, there are two expressions that I, I would recall. One is money talks and something else walks, and we know what that is. And the other is uh, a quotation from a book called Animal Farm by Orwell that says all animals were created equal, some are more equal than others. There you go. All right. Uh, the lesson in literature continues in a moment uh, as we pick it up with our panel on the other side. And uh, there are a few things I still want to pursue on this level, and then the liberals, of course, may, may, making the crosshairs for uh, the continued uh, scandals that uh, have plagued them of late. We'll come back with our panel, Peter Sherman, Michael Diamond, Peter Tappins on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.